Hello, and welcome to the Shake and Bacon Show. And today, we're going to be looking at that very interesting Daytona 500, debrief and look at some key drivers from that race, and allied some more drivers I think will be in contention for the Daytona road course this week. First things first, the Daytona 500. And like I said, it was a very interesting race. We had those first 15 or so laps, which showed a lot of promise for a very good race. I think the package they've been using these past few super speedway races have been making some of the best SS racing in a while. But of course, all that was stopped dead in its tracks by the big one at lap 14, which cleaned out basically half the field. A lot of good drivers, a lot of promise taken out of that quickly was really surprising. Uh, worst part for me was the fact that half my fantasy league was taken out in that wreck. And of course, that insufferable five and a half hour rain delay added to the pain by making it sweet. I mean, Florida weather, man, it's whack. Uh, honestly, the biggest point of contention was whether or not the weight was worth it because once they got back to racing, it was the choo-choo train, 462 and a half. They ran single file for pretty much the whole time, except at the end of the stage and the end of the race. So to be honest, it was a pretty boring, especially compared to the past Daytona 500s. Though it's pretty apparent why the race was so boring. The drivers were terrified of going two or three wide and creating another big one. Honestly, though, the race was not nearly as bad as the 2000 or 2013 Daytona 500. We cannot talk about that race without that finish, which has had the entire NASCAR fan base in a state of shock. Because Michael McFricking Dowell won the Daytona 500. I mean, you want to talk about upsets in NASCAR? There you go. I honestly saw a few people saying McDowell could be a dark horse for the race. He's run relatively well these past few years in the 500, but nobody. Would probably would have ever guessed he would, would have come in clutch and stopped guys from like, like Hamlin, Koslowski, Logano, Harvick, or Elliott from winning. And I'm pretty sure all of them were kicking themselves after the race. The wreck two was absolutely frightening. When I saw it watching live, I thought we had another Ryan Newman on our hands. I thought Brad Kay or Kyle Busch or Sindrick weren't really bad, especially after that fireball erupted in three and four. I mean, Eric Erica Step on YouTube put it best. It's like an asteroid hit that point of the track. So yeah, I'm glad everybody's safe, and hey, congrats to Michael McDowell. It's been a long time coming for him and his team. And now he can be remembered for something other than his wreck doing that Texas qualifying a while ago. And he continues the tradition of a surprise driver winning the 500 every 10 years. 2001, it was Michael Waltrip. 2011, it was Trevor Bain. And now in 2021, it's Michael McDowell. So, I mean, good for them. Uh, next item on the list, assessing the heaviest hitters of the race and seeing the power rankings. I'm not going to go every one over everyone because that would take an attorney and a half so i'm just going to go over a few drivers i thought were the most notable first up the most obvious driver mcdowell i mean we've already talked about him there's not much there's not too much more to go over uh but i think the most important thing that i feel like a lot of people are overlooking is the fact with that win he's in the playoffs i know we're only one race in and it's impossible to say for sure who's going to be in the playoffs and championship favorites but with how the system works he's in so that's one less spot for some um, bubble driver and 25 weeks down the road. Next driver I want to put on this list is the guy who tried to make history for three 500 wins in a row, Denny Hamlin. Honestly, Hamlin re performed really well all race until he got screwed over on that last lap pit stop and when he couldn't get back up to the front in time to win. The, I mean, the laps were winding down. It was pretty much impossible. He was mired back behind the Fords and Chevys. But he led the most laps. He won both stages. That's hard to overlook. I think Denny still got a, sh a lot to show. And I think him losing the 500 is going to be fuel for his fire to go out and win and dominate the next few races. Next driver I want to pay attention to is Austin Dillon. 
Dylan was the biggest dark horse this all race. He ran up in the top 10 all race and finished third and had that dual win earlier this week. Uh, I think Austin is on the brink of a breakthrough season. He really surpassed people's expectations last year in the playoffs. Came close to notching two wins last year. And with his performance in the 500, I think Dylan is going to start to run with the big boys more often. Last driver I want to talk about is the other Austin, Austin Sindrick. I mean, talk about a great first start. He led a few laps and was an actual threat for the win at times and surprised a lot of his Penske teammates. Of course, he got cut up in the big one at the end of the race, but still, he was deadly. And I think when he goes over to the Wood Brothers next year, replacing Matt Benedetto, he'll be leading the charge of the Penske Wood Brothers alliance. So a lot of potential for him. And of course, he's running really well in the Xfinity series. So I think he'll be able to go back to back a champion for that series. All right, with that taken care of, I want to put, my, put out my predictions for the Daytona Road Course. First off, the guy who I think will win and dominate the race is not who I usually put on the top of the list. That driver is Denny Hamlin. Now, during last year's Daytona Road Course and this year's Bush Clash, Denny proved he's not only a master of the Daytona Oval, but a master of the Daytona Road Course. He finished runner-up and almost won the race last year, and he led the most laps during the Bush Clash this year. So I think he's in a very, very good position to break Elliott's road course streak. And that's what we're going to talk about next. Of course, I can never leave Elliott out of the talks for being a contender on road courses. And I still think he has an equal shot at winning the race. And I would put him on the top of the list were it not for his performance at the Bush Clash. Elliott didn't lead nearly as many laps as Hamlet or Truex. And of course, the slip up on the final corner is what's holding him back from being the top contender of the race. Uh, next pick is Hamlin's teammate and someone someone who's also been really good at the Daytona road courses and road courses in general, Martin Truex Jr. MTJ has has proven his worth on the road course with four wins at the track type and was in a really good spot to win the bush clash until that spin took him out. But I think he'd brush that off and go out and win the race. Uh, the other driver picked out the win is the driver Elliott took out in that last lap chaos, Ryan Blaney. Blaney ran really well in the clash and led a few laps and held the lead until that final corner. And he already has one road course win at the Charlotte Rover from 2018. And while it is considered that win is considered to be a fluke, I'm using air quotes, given him being at the right place at the right time on that final lap after Truex and Johnson wrecked, it's still important to take into account. I think he can be a strong contender for the win. Next up is my dark horse pick, and that is Tyler Reddick. Reddick was somewhat of a dark horse too during the clash. He was in the lead for a bit in the early laps and stayed up in the front all race and came in with a fourth place finish. So I think there's a chance he get he, he can get his first cup series win out the road course. And lastly, there's one more dark horse I want to talk about. I think I'm going to start doing two dark horses for my predictions. But that other driver is rookie Chase Briscoe. Now there is somewhat of a personal bias for Briscoe. I've been a fan of his ever since that Xfinity win at Darlington last year. But I still think objectively he can contend for the win. He's a really, really good road course racer. Got his first Xfinity win at the Charlotte Roval in 2018. Won the inaugural Xfinity race on the Indy road course last year. And almost won the Daytona and Charlotte road course races in, tw- in Xfinity. The only chip on his shoulder is that he kind of underperf- underperformed during speed week. Qualified 30th for the 500. Spun out in both the duels and the race itself. But I think Briscoe can rebound. He's a rookie after all. He's got little to no experience in the cup car but I think he, he can still put himself in the right position to win. And with that, those are my predictions for the Daytona Road Course, as well as my thoughts regarding the Daytona 500 and a few drivers who stood out for me. That's it here on the Shake and Bacon Show. I'll see you next time.